0: Gives you all the secrets from beauty hacks to wellness tips to all of my favorite product recommendations. And I'm bringing you along for the ride. This podcast is created to encourage you to live in victory and promote you to be obsessed with your potential. Today, we have a guest on the show that is going to be sharing with us about her experience with healing from her broken engagement. I want to have her on the podcast because being ground sexy isn't a mentality of living the perfect life, but it is living in victory and choosing to be obsessed with your potential in the midst of real life situations, even broken engagements. So welcome, Katie, to the podcast.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Hello. So we're here to talk about a very raw subject, your broken engagement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tell us the backstory how did you guys meet what did dating look like off and on for five years yeah so no details <laughs> um... i'm a bachelor nation fan i need to know everything if you just say we met and then we were engaged and then it didn't work out well we're gonna backtrack Okay,
1: give me the tea
0: <laughs> yeah what's the juice <laughs> of the story what do we need to love what do we need to hate
1: that's so funny okay well we uh we met in 2017 um and it was a mutual friend that introduced us we I guess they went to the same school they went to the same uh college and so which um, we don't
0: need to keep it a secret from my audience I was there with you on your first yes <laughs> blind date with him like I okay. went to college with him I knew him before you yes so yeah. it was a mutual
1: friend of ours I guess and but One of my other friends, I guess, knew him. I don't know if you knew him first or she knew him first, but um, she was like, oh, you guys would be perfect together. Like, I want to introduce you. And so, and
0: I came along. Like yeah. Alyssa was my friend, and she said, mm-hmm. "Macy, I know my best friend Katie is gonna really like this guy." Yeah, and I'm a nosy little beaver, and so I, t- <laughs> I tagged along. Okay. Okay.
1: And you know, like what actually is like kind of weird about the whole thing is that our first date was today in 2017 like
0: Are you kidding me? the it
1: day that we're February 17th the day that we we're ago? recording yeah the day or, that we we're recording this it was in 2017 on february 17th
0: your first day of like solo without me and no 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 the
1: like the first no the first time that we met
0: like whenever you were there it was six was it five years ago or six 17
1: years 18 today? 19 20 21 five years ago today
0: five years ago today you know what? Yeah. That's also my first time meeting you girl Did you know that the first time you met him was the first time you were also introduced to me? Aren't I correct? I don't know.
1: I don't remember. I am. Was it? It was because,
0: like, it was. I I definitely remember. I wasn't friends with you before. I introduced him. Like I just tagged along, and he was there also. Um, Yeah, that's crazy. Friends for five years exactly. Then.
1: Oh my gosh! Happy anniversary. Oh my gosh!
0: (laughs) If someone would have said to me. To me in college, freshman year, when we met, yeah, you're going to have your own podcast and you're going to be recording right? a breakup story with this guy in five years. <laughs> I'd be like, what's a podcast and what's breaking <laughs> up in five years? Yeah, right. Our heads would have been twisted.
1: It, it just like exploded. Like both of our heads just would have exploded.
0: Yeah. That yeah. was hilarious. So, so I was like, okay, yeah, so- I noticed
1: that. I noticed that whenever we uh, started recording, I was like, oh my gosh, today's the day. Uh, that is funny that I know is
0: so funny oh my gosh
1: <laughs> so anyway so we we met so you met
0: five years yeah. ago today today and um so what did dating look like on and off for five years because you broke up a couple times but for five years on right. and off he was your boyfriend so what yeah. did that look like take us through the journey
1: so we hit it off pretty much bait like right away like we we I got know, I was there lot. we yeah we like pretty much made an instant connection and we were both like pretty young I think he was 18 and I was like 20 like we were young and I mean we had fun to get like he he was my best friend I don't know I don't know what else to say like we we dated we had fun we um you know, we did have our troubles. Like he didn't have a car. He still doesn't have a car. And so that was definitely a barrier for us. That was hard. But I mean, we saw each other a lot. We hung we spent a lot of time together. We did a lot of FaceTime dates. We, you know, my, he was my best friend. Um, So yeah, we, I forgot where I was going with that, but we, we dated off and on. I think we only broke up twice. Um Oh, I remember what I was going to say. So um I don't know if this podcast will come out before or after the other one, but I am a recovering sex and love addict. And so that definitely like
0: influenced Led to some difficulties in the yeah, yeah having an addiction of love. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Like I, I was
1: healing from a lot of trauma and PTSD and abusive relationships before him. So, you know, it, it was definitely not, um, probably the healthiest relationship At, like addict, just me as an addict saying that, like, I don't think that like I probably didn't have, um, a, a healthy attachment. Um, but I mean, the relationship was good, we like I said, we broke up I think twice. Um and there the
0: two breakups mm. correlated where it was the same issue where you broke up twice? Yeah, or like the completely different issues.
1: No, I actually think it was the same issues. So it was kind of like a like a Modge Podge of like a few different issues, but I think it was the same like throughout our entire relationship really we both had our problems and like mine obviously was my addiction. Like I couldn't get past this. And I also was kind of a scared of like commitment. I, I wasn't sure what that looked like or what that should look like. And so I think every time that it got like really serious, like I was just scared and like, I would go back to coping with my addiction which means like porn and masturbation and like
0: sabotage the real relationship
1: yeah like self-sabotage exactly and so that was kind of like my side of things and for him like he we both were progressing we were we were progressing in life what I mean by that is like you know moving out getting a job finishing college you know like we we were progressing but like I feel like not to throw him under the bus, but like he didn't progress as much or as, at the same speed. Like, you know, when you're in a relationship, like you have to grow together.
0: Or absolutely one person falls behind and yeah, you end up outgrowing that person.
1: Exactly, exactly. So I feel like I, I mean, definitely I'm not a perfect person because I was definitely deep in addiction, but like, and in healing from PTSD and all that other crap, but like, I feel like I was, I had a job, I was making money, I moved out of my parents' house, I had a car, I, you know, like, I I graduated college, I started grad school, and he just kind of stayed put, you know, like, he still lives with his parents, he still doesn't have a car, he, I don't, I mean, I haven't talked to him in almost a year, so I don't know if he finished his degree, but, like, he was finishing his degree, like, it just, we weren't growing at the same Together. rate. Together,
0: yeah. Together, yeah, exactly. Which, this really does, like, in a way, and maybe you understand this, in a way this means something, but in a way it doesn't. But he was two years younger than you, right? Right. So yeah. fair in a way he, that he was not having a car while you already had a car. Because some people just have cars later in life, but he yeah. was already two years behind you. Right. You finish your degree but maybe he was fiddling around with graduating, but he was two years younger.
1: Yeah. It's hard
0: to say that though Mm -hmm. in a way that means something, Mm -hmm. but in a way that doesn't because once you're 18 and you're both adults, you're expected to be an adult because I am dating a man five years younger than me. I've been with him for three whole years. We've Mm -hmm. never broken up and we are exactly on the same page with we both moved out we both have our own vehicles we both graduated college and he's five years younger than me so right. in a way it's like you can excuse age but you know it's that half battle of you know he just wasn't progressing at the rate right you were and yeah. it wasn't an age thing it was mm-hmm. just like you were progressing at different times it just didn't work out you know yeah and I mean Does that makes sense how it's yeah. hard to say well it was an age thing but then also, it's not an age thing. Once we're all yeah. adults, we're all adults. We just right. progress differently.
1: Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. And I think that's exactly right. Like, it, there there was subcomponents of age, especially in the beginning when we both were, like, kind of young still. But as you grow up, like, obviously, like you said, you're an adult. And especially, I mean, I'm getting ahead of myself, but especially when you're, like, planning to get married and spend the rest of your life with a person, like, you need to progress, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: So you've been, so was there a moment before the broken engagement, you knew it was over? Was there signs that this is going to be, this is going to end in a broken engagement before mm-hmm. it happened?
1: I wish. <laughs> I wish there, I wish there was some, like, one moment. How long
0: were you engaged? I, I don't know the answer mm-hmm. to this. How long were you engaged before you guys broke it off?
1: We were engaged for... A year and some change. (laughs) So So in that
0: year and some change, Mm -hmm. was there signs of, I know I'm about to face being single again. I know we're not going to last. Or did it all spiral Mm -hmm. out of control in a week and you had no idea?
1: No. So I definitely think that it it did. There were signs. Um, So when we first got engaged, um, we got a lot of, I don't know if pushback is the right word, like, from our parents saying, like, oh, I don't know if you're ready for this. Like, they were trying to talk us out of getting married, like, and it didn't think that we were ready. So that was kind of the first red flag. But like, we were both still like high from getting engaged. And we yes. were, we were so in love that we didn't really care. Um, So, uh, you know, that was kind of the first thing. But, you know, I think as wedding planning progressed and as we got closer to the wedding date we it definitely started to spiral a little more like I and what finally we were both kind of blind to it honestly like you know how like when you're in love sometimes it's just like you don't see the problem that's in front of you um
0: yeah because you're infatuated right yeah Yeah. exactly you're biased like that's what it is you're biased towards the love yeah. yeah,
1: exactly. So like probably six mm, six months before the wedding, I want to say, I was just a mess. Like I had such high anxiety because I felt like I was carrying it all on my shoulders. Um, like I, again, I don't want to throw him under the bus. Like we talked about this. Like I, he is a wonderful person. I love him and he is, he is wonderful. But There were definitely problems, you know. Like he didn't really seem interested in picking out a place that we were going to live, and he didn't really talk about we didn't talk about money, how money was going to be handled with the wedding and afterwards, and him not having a car that was a big problem for me. And he agreed that he was going to get a car, and it just kept not happening.
0: So you like little hell again? We're off balance still yeah like this sucks like we're still off balance I'm still ahead and he's just not there which isn't bad because we're all allowed to grow up in our own time frame right but you could just see Mm -hmm. like you were feeling the the, the anxiety from it
1: oh yeah for sure yeah
0: and I it it was getting to the point where
1: like I I remember I do remember one night and I think that was when I really had to come to terms with like okay i think it might actually really need to end um we were talking about oh, what was the issue something about the wedding venue like getting the money for that or or reserving i don't remember exactly what the problem was but i was just like i was sobbing like i was just like so anxious and so distraught like i don't know what i'm gonna do why is this my pro like why is this all on me like it was just I was distraught and my mom came in and my dad came in and you know I like we don't really talk about emotions in our family so for them to like walk in and see me like sobbing like okay something's wrong so we talked about it and finally my mom was like you don't deserve this like you you deserve so much more than this stress that this is causing you right now. And basically just saying like, you, this is not healthy for you. Yeah, This is not okay. And so we, we talked a little bit more. And I think that night is when I finally kind of said, okay, this actually might need to be canceled. You know, like we, and what ended up happening, like, we we kind of told the world that we were postponing because of COVID, but then it ended up just being canceled altogether. Oh. Um, but, yeah, that was kind of, like, I uh, – you kind of have, like, a, a thought in the back of your mind, and it's there, but you, like, really don't want to believe it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, you're you're just in denial, honestly. Like, you're just, it's the stages of grief. Like, you're just really in denial. You don't want to believe it. You want to do anything to
0: make it work.
1: But it just can't, you know? And that's hard to grasp.
0: So that's- shortly after that conversation with your mom, mm-hmm. is that when you broke things off? Or did you continue to be engaged for mm-hmm. six more months until it finally got more distraught cuz you weren't on playing fields like
1: so after what
0: was the time frame after yeah, that conversation with your mom
1: I don't really remember to like I don't remember specifics but I want to say that after that conversation it was probably like a month before we called it off like so we had that conversation Nick and I had a conversation about it and like just talking about postponing or canceling or whatever. And then he actually ended up breaking up with me, um, which was a huge turn of events that I didn't see coming. Um, I, we, we kind of talked, I think really he saw that I was so stressed out and that I wasn't happy and that there was a problem. Um, so that was kind of like he we we called it off and then actually you know to think about it I don't think we ever like publicly officially called off the wedding I think we just said it was postponed but then we broke up and then everyone was kind of like they kind of knew you know (laughs) (laughs) Like, like it was postponed and then like we just broke up um obviously we had to cancel with like because we had, I mean, the entire wedding was planned, Macy. Like the entire wedding, like, oh so God. we had to we had to cancel everything. Like, I mean, invitations were bought, wedding venue was bought, reception venue was bought, my dress was bought, all the details for the reception was put. in I mean, everything was planned.
0: Because you were a year deep engaged, yeah, before yeah. He broke up with you unexpectedly,
1: yeah. yeah. So, I mean, everything was planned. So, I mean, we obviously had to cancel that, but to the world, I think that it was just postponed and then we broke up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of weird, but. um... You've now been
0: almost single and separated from Mm -hmm. him for now eight months. So Mm -hmm. what have the last eight months looked like for you? Walk us through your grieving process and how you have coped.
1: Yeah, um. I mean, I'm not gonna say okay if lie. it's messy.
0: <laughs> what? It's okay if it's a messy story because yeah. I think it's really messy. Yeah, I mean I'm I'm I was gonna say I'm not
1: gonna sit here and lie to you. Like it was rough. Um we we broke up in
0: April of twenty twenty one. And um So it's almost been a year now, like yes. in three months it has been a year of being single again.
1: Yes. Um which you know, it really sucked because we had broken up before our our
0: wedding date. Um, excuse me. So you it was, had to live through the wedding date, knowing it was going to be your
1: yeah. That was really hard. I think we were we we postponed the wedding basically, and then the wedding date happened, which was like the middle of April, and then he broke up with me at the end of April. So yeah, that was really rough. I've never had to experience something like that. Like knowing, I don't, it was a really, it was a really weird time and it was a really hard day. Um, and so we broke up and he broke up with me, which I really didn't see coming because I never thought that he would do that. All along um, you were
0: thinking you're the one that's pissed off and you're going to break up with him.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I thought that I was going to have to do it and you know, I think that looking back at it was such a blessing that like, because you that, know God
0: that you probably didn't did have that. The best to ever do it. Right.
1: Yeah. Like were honestly, so like
0: in love with him and mm-hmm. at the same time, addicted to love that yeah. you're like, this is my addiction. I love love. I'm going to marry mm-hmm. him. Even if he drives me crazy.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, for sure. Like I, I knew in my addiction that like, I don't, to this day, I don't know if I could have done it. Like, I, I'm I'm glad. I feel blessed that he was man enough to do yeah. that. <laughs> um, because now, yes.
0: now, eight months post the broken engagement, you're like, thank goodness he was mature enough to see we were on different playing fields. He was yeah. not on my level. I was yeah. not on his level. We had different intentions in life at this season. Thank goodness!
1: Like I'm yeah. sure
0: eight months ago you took it as personal as hell, <laughs> yeah, and you're like, F oh you're yeah, double fingers, yeah. And now eight months past it, and you're you've coped and you've grieved and you you're on the process of healing. Still, you're like, thank mm-hmm. goodness he was man enough to do what I wasn't brave enough to do. Right? Yeah,
1: for sure, for sure. Yeah, and I, yeah. there was um, I mean stages of grief. You know, there were anger. There was um trying to bargain there was like okay maybe I can fix this maybe you know and um I think uh, counseling really helped me and um I'm a very visual person and there's this thing that I found um basically it's called the ball in the box I don't know if you've ever heard of it but
0: I haven't what is that about okay
1: so it's kind of an analogy to grief but you can use it for anything like I I use it for my addiction too so picture this box right and there's a button at the at the bottom of the box there's a button and the button is like a pain like pain or really big feelings or that addictive behavior or whatever so in this case it was like sadness let's just say so the ball is so big at the beginning that it can't really fit in the box so the ball is constantly pushing the button down right so the ball is so big that it just constantly pushes on that pain button and the pain is there all the time. But as you heal, as you go through counseling, as you go through the grief stages, as you get farther away from the event, the ball gets smaller. And it does hit the ball like it, it hits the button sometimes and you know every time it hits the button it still hurts just as bad. But eventually the ball will get so small that it rarely does hit the pain button.
0: So does that kind of make sense? Like it, your grief, it gets your grief with time does shrink. It does. yes. And you're saying in this analogy, your grief is the ball, right? Yes. And the button is our pain point, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so that has like really, really helped me and just kind of taking the time to heal and like I mean my addict in me is saying you know right after we break up okay I need to find somebody else like I can't be alone you no. know but but really focusing, download tender
0: now yeah right <laughs> yeah absolutely. But,
1: but focusing on like my healing and like really taking time to like take care of me has been really helpful and I'm so grateful that like I haven't been dating for all this time, because I would have missed out on this growth um, that's happened. Now, he did block me a few months into our breakup, which was, like, earth shattering for me.
0: That, like, totally set a whole new grieving process. Oh, my gosh. Oh, it was so, it was,
1: I can't even tell. It was earth shattering. That's the only way I can describe it. I mean, because, like, Here's your best friend, right? Your best friend in the whole world. And you were planning to spend the rest of your life with them. And one day you have no contact with I them know, at yeah. all. Yeah. Hello? It becomes, like It
0: becomes what? a drug. They yeah. become a drug. Like, yeah. not kidding. So oh yeah, I That's don't it. know if you know this, but do you know about my survivor depression tattoo on my wrist? Yeah. Do you know the story behind that of why I have that tattoo?
1: Um, I think you, you've told it to me before, but refresh me.
0: So when I was 19, I started dating this boy, my, like my first real boyfriend that I mm-hmm. like comprehended. Okay. Like I had a boyfriend when I was 16, but didn't <laughs> comprehend that. Okay. Yeah. Right. Did not know what love was or like real commitment at age 16. Yeah. So when I was 19, I met this boy at church and we dated for two years and I am telling you, he was like, oh, I was just so, he obviously, he was my first love. So, I was so infatuated, mm-hmm. so obsessed with the idea that I found my husband. And, like, obviously, he was the first person I ever really made out with that I had a physical connection to. And, like, the first person I really wanted to marry, you know? Yeah. And so... I talked to him every single night on the phone you know he spent the night at my house as a teenager I spent the night at his house when we were 21 he broke up with me because same exact reasons why you and your ex broke up um me and this guy we were just he was younger than me and we I had a car he didn't I was wanting to wait on marriage. Like I wanted to date five years. He wanted to immediately marry me, which really turned me off. Mm -hmm. Um, He wanted to immediately have kids. I did not want to have kids till I was 30 years old. So we were such on different levels that he (laughs) broke up with me. But I went psycho when he broke up with me after two years. And I obviously like texted him nonstop and tried to bargain with him. You know, I was in the denial part. So when my ex of when I was 21 blocked me, I am not kidding you, I felt such withdrawals. It was Mm -hmm. like I was withdrawing from heroin, which I don't even know how heroin feels when you're (laughs) withdrawing from that. But it was so painful of like going a day without hearing my ex-boyfriend's voice and going a week without holding hands with him and trying to wrap my mind around not spending my life with him. Cause I was like obsessed with that for two years. That my story of my tattoo is for eight consecutive months. I was suicidal. I had insomnia. I stopped mm-hmm. eating. I laid in bed for eight straight months. I only took a shower once a month. Like I was going through withdrawals of, an obsession of love. Yeah. And it took eight months. And I I just remember never, never, never thinking I would ever be joyful again. And I told myself, I don't have any tattoos, but if I ever can smile again without this boy, I'm gonna get a survivor tattoo representing I'm a survivor of depression and suicide. And And yeah, like after eight months of finally going through all the withdrawal (laughs) pains, I now have my tattoo and it's been like seven years later and I'm in a completely healthy relationship now where I'm not addicted to it. But I so resonate with how you're like, it messed me up. I cannot tell you the moment he blocked you because I know, I know as a young person how that can mess you up because we get addicted to love, you know? Yeah, it's, it's a chemical
1: so cr- chemical withdrawal. Yeah,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. It's it's definitely. A, I mean, like I was saying before, with like the addiction, like with my sex and love addiction, it is. It's it, and most people don't really see that as an addiction, but like it is. It's a real thing, and it's it's just like drugs. You can get addicted to the chemicals, the the chemical high that. A person gives you or sex gives you or you know like it's it's an addiction and when you stop that thing that's making you happy yeah the withdrawal sucks like I totally get that the withdrawal is terrible it's awful and I never thought that you could withdraw and hurt so much from a person but like whoa you know like it's it's a thing it's crazy. It's
0: the thing. I have a tattoo because of it, okay? Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: It's, it's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. For anyone listening that might just have stepped out of a long-term relationship, going through a divorce or a broken engagement, what do you want to tell that girl? What do you wish someone would have told you now that you know on their other side of being healed? What do you want yeah. to tell the girl listening that says I've just got broken up with, or I just had a broken engagement. What does Katie want to tell me that she knows that I don't know yet?
1: Definitely. It gets better. It, it sucks for a a little while and I wish that it didn't, but it does. And like you will come out of this so much stronger and so much better than you like feel right now. Like it, It's so hard when you're in it and you feel like your world is crumbling, you know, around you, but it, it gets so much better, you know, like you just got to give it time.
0: It does. Like, it is so, so crazy that me and you can even say that, you know, because we never, never once believed that. Like, I'm telling you, like it you definitely had a shorter depression season than me. Cause my mm-hmm. depression season lasted eight months. Yeah. And I'm talking to you eight months post broken engagement and you're not depressed at all. But my depression was just so deep and, and I never, like, I just cried for eight months straight and I wasn't hungry for eight months straight and I didn't sleep for eight months straight. It was just such a chemical off balance because my drug got taken away. And I'm telling you, I never, never thought I would ever be better That I would ever go a day without thinking about him. Mm -hmm. But if I can come from the two year relationship where I was addicted to him and you can come from a five year relationship where you are engaged, we both can agree. Like it takes time. It takes eight months to a year but yeah. then you become normal again and it becomes like it does become so much better. You it know? does.
1: Yeah. And I think like the other thing that was really hard for me in the beginning was like little things that would remind me of him. You know, like songs or somewhere like I drive by or something that we used to do together and like something that I would encourage people listening is to replace those with other memories. Like, take the the place that you used to go and take your best friend there and do something fun there and so that memory gets replaced o- over time. Or, like, that song that you always used to listen to together, don't put yourself through that. Like, don't – just skip it, you know? Like, don't listen yeah. to it. <laughs> um, just replace those those memories that you had together with something new and, like, it, it'll – it takes a while for your pathways in your brain to rewire but it'll happen. You know, yeah. it'll happen and it'll it'll get better but you're not alone for sure cuz a lot of people have dealt with this and it sucks but it's it's just a process.
0: Post 8 yeah. months of a broken engagement, currently, how is your self-talk? Are you harsh or, harsh on yourself? Are you super gentle? Have you learned to be kind yourself? What does self-talk look like for someone after eight months of a broken engagement? Mm
1: -hmm. Um, Well, I think I definitely couldn't have done it alone. Like I got a lot of good advice from my counselor and from my friends and um, just, I'm definitely gentle with myself. And um, it's funny that you mentioned the tattoo because I also got two tattoos like, kind of signifying my recovery, not just from my addiction, but like from my broken engagement too. like, I always say to myself, like, little by little, you know, one day at a time, and I do have that tattooed, I have little by little on me. And then I also have, um, give yourself grace. And I think grace is something that I have really held on to um, throughout this whole time. Um, not just giving yourself grace which I think not a lot of people do and it's really important but also like if you do believe in God um just remembering the grace that he gives you and that he loves you so much and he has better things for you and if you don't believe in God like you just have to tell that to yourself you know like you like I said it takes a little while for pathways to be remade um me I'm a A counselor in training and I'm learning about psychology and the brain and all that like it it does take time for those pathways to rewire itself and for you to make new habits and new um new self-talk mantra whatever um but like it, it does take time but you'll get there like just be gentle with yourself and don't don't beat yourself up don't blame it on yourself you know like it happened for a reason, whatever that may be, maybe there's somebody else that's better for you out there, or maybe it was the right person in the wrong time. And you just need to grow yourself and work on loving yourself. But like, it's definitely taught me to like, be kind to myself and like, really put me as a priority. Like when you're in a relationship with somebody, of course, you take care of yourself. But like, you know, you take care of the other person a lot. And it's, sometimes you forget about taking care of yourself. And this has really taught me to prioritize myself and to take care of myself and really be in tune with like what I need and what I am lacking and like really just love myself. So I think that it's done a lot for like my self-talk and how my my self-esteem and just, just loving myself better. It's really helped me a lot
0: yeah i feel like and you'll probably find yourself doing this in your next relationship after the broken engagement but whenever i was 21 and i went through such a detox of being addicted to this guy's love Mm -hmm. honestly that was like if anyone's suicidal for eight months because of breakup, newsflash, that's not a healthy relationship, okay? <laughs> yes. So it taught me, oh, I need to be my own individual in a relationship. Girlfriends are so important, even yeah. though I have a boyfriend. And my own passion is so important, even though I have a boyfriend. Because boyfriends yeah. can be temporary, Yes. So I never want to feel suicidal again because I put a boyfriend before my needs. Cause that's exactly why I became suicidal is because I made this guy an idol and I like mm-hmm. sucked the life out of him. So now I'm in a three year relationship with this guy that we have two kittens with two dogs with, we own a house together, but I am so so healthy I'm so proud of myself I feel (laughs) like if he broke up with me I would laugh and say okay I'm taking all four animals (laughs) like (laughs) I would not cry about him I would still have my own podcast I would still have a YouTube channel I still have a church I love whether he attends that with me or not I would (laughs) still go to that church like I am my own woman without my boyfriend now
1: yes queen (laughs) what yes queen yes and you like, go girl
0: that, that's what being grown sexy is all <laughs> it's about realizing that like you need to be your own person yeah and your boyfriend is a bonus and i'm telling you i did not know that in my early dating years though i thought mm-hmm. the boyfriend made me who i was and yeah. that was just because i didn't have self-worth and i like chose to get my self-worth through a boy um So, yeah, like you are – I'm so excited to have you back on the podcast in two years when you have a different boyfriend (laughs) and you're going to say the difference of how you have learned not to make the boy an idol. And it's crazy how you can be an independent woman and know the boy is a bonus, you know? Yeah, for sure. For For anyone single and trying to find contentment in that season – Do you have a book, podcast, or resource you would recommend to them that has helped you through your season?
1: Yeah, so the first thing that comes to mind is counseling. Um, I can never recommend counseling enough and will never recommend it enough. I think everyone deserves counseling, and I think that will help a lot with just figuring out, like, why you aren't feeling content or why you're struggling with being content. Um, so that's always the number one thing that I recommend. Um, but then there's a book. Um, it's called I Gave God Time, and it is a Christian resource, but it's by Anne Anderson. And that was just a really good – it's just kind of her telling her story about her different relationships and, like, why it's good to, like, really – do the will of God and trust his timing rather than your own timing. So that's a good Christian resource. But if you're, I mean, if you are not Christian, you can read it too, but um, I would definitely recommend counseling too. Cause I think that's really going to help you <clears throat> build up your like toolbox, so to say with like how you can find contentment um, and really like live your best life. You know, so I think those are the two biggest things that I would
0: recommend. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Katie, for coming on the podcast, opening up about everything. Hopefully anyone listening that is grieving a loss of a relationship right now can be encouraged with the words you said, with living in victory and continue to be obsessed with their potential. I appreciate you sharing everything with my listeners and hopefully they're inspired by your story.
1: Thanks so much.
0: Thanks for listening to the Grown Sexy Podcast with Macy Victoria. Subscribe for new episodes every Tuesday. Available on Spotify and iTunes. Just like the world is